Father, we just come to you. We thank you, Father. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. Be with us, Lord. Speak to us, O Lord. Empower us, O Lord. To speak and to hear. Both we need you. To believe and to obey. We need you. So this evening, once again, as an act of faith, we surrender our body and our soul and our spirit to you, Lord. And I pray as the ministry of the word continuously happens from this place, let there be a renewal of our mind too, Lord. Thank you, thank you, Father. Speak to us, teach us. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. We turn this evening once again to 1 John chapter 2, 13 and 14. Just two verses and then we continue from where we stopped. The first epistle of John chapter 2, 13 and 14. I write to you fathers because you have known him from the beginning. We are dealing with the young men. I write to you young men because you have overcome the wicked one. I write to you little children because you have known the father. I have written to you fathers because you've known him who is from the beginning. <clears throat> I have written to you, young men. So you, in one place he's talking about, I write to you. The other place he's talking about, he had written to them. Okay, both. I have written to you, young men, because you are strong and the word of God abides in you and you have overcome the wicked one. So to the young men, he talks about, you have overcome the wicked one. And he says, and the reason you overcome the wicked one is because you are strong. And the strength comes from the fact that the word of God is living in them. Okay, living in them. That is, that is the thing. The word of God has to live in us. We know uh, we're dealing with this transition period from all the children in the church to becoming a young man, a young woman in the spirit not physically. Physically, you could be a younger person or an older person, but you can become a young man or a woman of God. And this is a wonderful time. This quarantine is a wonderful time because Paul tells Timothy, uh, you've been recruited by God once you came into the kingdom. So that don't get involved in civilian affairs. So that's actually that what happens in all the cantonment areas. If you know the the what you what you see, the soldiers are not involved in the. They're cut away from the world. They are not allowed to go except at certain periods of the week or month. They're cut away. So we also have been cut away from the world, and God is giving us a crash training program to make soldiers out of children. Okay. Then also we saw that we saw that three stages, the child, the young man, the father, the three divisions in the church, the outer courts, the inner courts, and the holy, uh, most holy place. And we also saw the three realms that actually exist, the third, first, second, and third. And where are we, human beings? We are in the first, and the satanic realm is second. And where is God? And where is the church? The church is in the third realm. You have to understand that. The church, God says, spiritually positioned, you are in the third realm. 
Okay, if we are not in the third realm, then the second realm will control us. If we positionally see ourselves in the third realm and see things from the perspective of the third realm, then we exercise control over the second realm. That is the powers of darkness. Okay, so young men have learned to abide with the word who is in the third realm. The word of God is living in them. And they see situations, everything that happens in life from the perspective of God. And we overcome. Okay? So we are looking at children becoming young men, young men, young women. And we are looking at one young man who is on that race. The 11th son of Jacob, the son of grace. Okay? And he's on the road to reign. Now again, we heard from Pastor Vijay also the past days. There is these three things called authority, power, and position. Okay. Many think that once we get to a position, we will rise to that occasion. But most often, what it does is it exposes the areas of weakness in our character. Okay? And that's actually that happened to King Saul. King Saul became a king because he was the demand of the people, of flesh. See, he was thrust into a position before God's time. God's time was David. But people demanded it before that. So they got Saul. And when he was given a place, a position, unprepared, what you see after three years, if you go by some of the versions, if you go by three years, that's a testing period, all his weaknesses starts being exposed. He has authority, he has power, he has position, but he just falls apart because he's been pushed into a position before his time. Okay. So you have to be very careful about these things, okay? You never look at it with with uh, earthly, carnal eyes. <clears throat> Allow God to move us in his own time. And in the process, keep learning. Keep learning. That's why we say coming under, so that we understand. Okay? God will not keep anybody away from his, the vision he has given us. So Joseph was given a vision. Okay? Joseph was. Okay? You see, we saw that. The 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 way God takes him through. He was given a vision, vision, and it was given to him twice to confirm it. Okay, mouth of two witness, two or three witnesses, everything is established. Not a vision once. He's given it. The the vision about that he will reign is given to him twice. <clears throat> In the new covenant, the promises are for all his children. Okay, promises are for everybody. You are open to all. Race is for everyone. He who conquers or he who overcomes shall reign. All the promises are given to the overcomers. The promises are there. And the lessons have to be learned. The models in the Bible have to be studied. Okay, When you are looking at something, you have to look at, like if you are looking at overcoming, like we are going, Pastor Vijay is going through the ten sons of Jacob. And you will see, okay, what Jacob's sons were and what these tribes ultimately become became are two different things. We don't look at Jacob's sons as they are. When in his old age, he's prophesying over them. They are also old by then. 
but it is playing out in their generations. Playing out in their generations. Okay, so we learn from what Jacob will say in Genesis 49 and what uh, Moses will Deuteronomy are not the same. Are not the same because Moses is also changing the prophecies because by then another 450 years have passed by and the nature of these tribes are changing. Okay, so we are learning from all these promises. So we study models of overcomers because we want to overcome. We study Joseph because he's an overcomer. We study Daniel because he's an overcomer. We study David because he's an overcomer. We study all these people. We learn from their failings too. Okay, we learn from their failings. That's, that's what coach like love, especially when video and everything has come in. If you know in sports, the forever the coaches are going through the oppositions and their own teams in entire slow motion to find their weakness find their weakness. Okay, when they're going to play these games, they go through the over and over and over and over and over and a tiny little weakness they will find. One tiny little weakness they will find and say, that's his chink. Bowl that way or play that way. That is his weak area. They're constantly. Okay, so we look at all these greats and the beautiful part of God's word is he doesn't white to wash anybody. It's authentic. He shows them with their frailties and their strengths. So we learn from both. So the patterns and the models have to be examined and studied if you are interested in the race. If you are not interested in the race, then even God can do nothing for you. It's as simple as that. Even Jesus could not do anything in his hometown because they did not believe. Okay? He will not supernaturally bend your will and say, run the race. He, he doesn't do that. Okay, so, so the first, we need to have very clear clarity about the nature of this race. We go back once again to Romans 5 and verse 21. 5.21. So as sin reigned, okay. Even so, grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So the first thing is that you have to reign over sin. Second thing, you have to reign over sin in righteousness. In righteousness. Okay, there's all kinds of reigning. But you cannot reign in violence. You have to reign in righteousness. You have to reign, you have to have dominion over sin on a day-to-day basis. And your dominion should be a dominion of righteousness. Two, the power you employ for that should be the power of God's grace. Because the minute it is flesh, it is already contaminated. You are just fooled. Okay? The fourth thing, the authority you have should be the authority of the word of God. That is power, which is the Holy Spirit, grace. The authority is the word of God. Everything has to fall into place. You reign over sin. You reign in righteousness. The power is the power of the Holy Spirit. And the authority is the word of God. So a lot of people who exercise authority, power, you will see there is no word of God with them. There is no word of God with them. So it all has to fall into place. Okay, How do we know the power we are exercising? It has to fit in with the word of God. So these four have to be there. Okay, And yet, because this is not like a Civil service exam, like three chances and this age only and after that you are out. It is not like that. This is a father and his children. So we saw yesterday in Hebrews 4, 15 and 16. 
there is room for error. There is room for error. Okay, there is room for error. And in those two two verses, 15 and 16, the two verses you should focus on in is sympathy and mercy. Okay, in 16 you will have mercy and 15 you will have sympathy. Okay, if you fail, God is not getting mad at you. He knows who we are. He says, I sympathize with you and you have mercy. Come back. Don't quit. Okay, quitters go nowhere. Don't quit. Rest like Pastor Vijay told about his first mender saying, never quit. Doesn't matter if you fall a thousand times. Get up and get back on the race. It's not over yet. Get back on the race. Okay? God doesn't like quitters and the devil loves quitters. Okay? But like I said, don't ever forget in this race, our body, everything is on realm one. God's realm is realm three. That's where he wants us to be positioned in the spiritual realm and see things from that perspective. But don't ever forget in between is realm two, the demonic realm. There are two things the devil wants from mankind. One, if he can get it, worship me. Idolatry, all kind of stuff. Worship me. If we won't worship him, second thing, ignore me. Ignore me. I don't exist. Okay. But he's there like the air we breathe. Okay. So he either wants us to worship him or ignore him. He doesn't mind us, mind if we ignore him. He doesn't because he's able to work well. That's what has happened. The church and the Western world has ignored the devil at all completely and they think he's non-existent. He's not. He's actively involved in everything that is happening. Okay. And let me tell you what is happening today. I mean, on, again, I'm warning this. Even, even I do not know, like if it, that eventuality comes, what will we do? Right, now we have a coronavirus, it's getting worse everywhere, lockdown, they're talking about more days everywhere, it's like bad. But through it all, the governments of this world has proved one thing, we can actually shut the entire population of the world indoors, it's possible. Okay, the first experiment, successful, can shut them all indoors. Okay, now this virus, a fear has been created, such fear has been created, there is no solution at all. Something has come there, incredible fear, everybody is locked down, and one day they will come up with a solution. When the solution comes, the problem is, what happens if it is mandatory? And that mandatory is something where the danger lies. Who controls what is mandatory? Let's say a vaccine. Who controls it? And step by step they say, one, if you don't take it, you won't get rations from the government. We'll say it's okay. Two, you will not be allowed to fly because you are a risk public area. You are not allowed to travel in trains because you are a risk. Okay, I'm telling you how things can go. And I do really think somewhere down the line, these things will start happening. Okay? And then you will start wondering, what do I do? Okay, I am I, willing. I, I'm not going to take the mark because I'm fine. I'm old. My children are all grown up. Me and my wife. But what about parents with little children? Already in Europe, 
many countries which have gone the other way if you don't prescribe to the state mandated secular education they take your children away it all comes into the picture jesus talking about woe to those mothers who have children during those days okay it all starts falling into place so that's why we need to be really 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 be tuned in and say lord show us a way through this these things are coming i understand lord why you said no one can be a disciple even if he loves himself it is not possible okay so to defeat the powers of darkness and stand you need to be at least to be a young man children will all crumble under pressure and give in they will all go much of the church will fall away under pressure because they are children they have that's why all the messages are simple messages of hope 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 that's all for children yes we need hope but this hope only found in one place in the bible it's not found in the outer courts it's not found in the holy place it is found in the most holy place where you have entered behind the veil and taken grab okay that's the real real hope okay so we love them too because children also have to be taken care of and they also have to be encouraged to move forward but joseph is on the road and he is on the road to becoming a young man therefore the coat has to be stripped off because there is no showing off in the kingdom because meekness is the hallmark of the kingdom and not pride we use our talents or our gifts for the service of others we don't show off our talents we use it to serve not to show off for the glory of the father if you look at romans 12 verse 6 and first peter 4:10 two small things to recap having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us let us use them prophecy prophecy in proportion to it let us use them okay for the edification of others grace it is the grace of god that is working in proportion to your faith use your gift don't try to use it beyond your faith also according to your faith okay use it and first peter chapter 4:10 as each one has received a gift minister to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace so everywhere it is clear the grace is the grace of god it's not yours okay so use it to serve don't use it to show off okay so joseph made as a young man he made a mistake he wore just a costly mistake if you look in the eyes of the flesh but as a god ordained plan so that he could move on his road to his destiny so we looked yesterday his brothers wicked brothers they strip off his uh, coat throw him into the pit ruben goes somewhere judas says why kill him let us sell him let's not have the boys blood on our hands and the ishmaelites the midianites and the israelites get together and sell joseph that's how chapter 31 and 37 ends 38 is an interlude like you know you have judah and tamar okay i mean god is so so said, this is what people were like okay he doesn't whitewash anything said, this is what happened over there so when 39 begins words 1 39 words 1 now joseph had been taken down to egypt now go to genesis 12 and words 10 
The difference between the grandfather and the grandson. There was a famine in the land and Abraham went down to Egypt. Okay? He went down to Egypt. Joseph was taken down. Okay? See the difference. Joseph was taken down. Abraham was went down on his own. Okay, there's a difference between these two. There's an enormous spiritual difference between the two. So when you are taken down, that means God is in control. God is in control. If you go to Egypt, you'll come out of Egypt well. But if you go down on your own, God will again intervene, but you will make a mess of it. So Abraham will make a mess of it. Joseph will come out with flying colors. Okay, so whether you were taken down or whether you went down. And again, I'll give you three different perspectives of the same scene that is happening. Three different perspectives. We saw the first perspective, 39 verse 1. Joseph has been taken down to Egypt by the Midianites and the Ishmaelites. In Acts chapter 7 and verse 9, from this perspective, from Canaan perspective, this is what happens. The patriarchs becoming envious sold Joseph into Egypt. Okay? Canaan perspective, the patriarchs, because they were jealous, they sold Joseph to Egypt. He has been taken down to Egypt. And then there is a completely different perspective from heaven. Psalm 105, verses 17 to 19. It's a totally different perspective. Yeah, 17 to 19. 105, 17 to 19. He sent a man before them. Completely different perspective. Who did is who's orchestrating everything? This God is orchestrating. Jesus is orchestrating everything because Joseph is in the race. So what happens in Joseph's life is not like what happens in the other brother's life. God is orchestrating. So if you are in the race, even the most terrible things that is happening over you, remember there is control from heaven. He is watching over you and he is in charge. He sent a man before them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. He, they hurt his feet with fetters. He was laid in irons. Yes, he went through unbelievable suffering, which none of his brothers went through. For what? What was the reason? Because he had received a word. He had received a promise that he would reign. He had been given a promise. And until the word came to pass, the word of God itself is testing him. He's received a word and the word has to test him. Will you hold on to the word and will you grow up to reach that position. You need to grow up. Not grow old. Will you grow up? You've been promised a position. We all have been promised position. If you overcome, you will reign with me as I overcome. He says you will sit. But the question is, will you grow up to fit that position? Because if we don't see this third perspective, we see the perspective from Canaan. We see the perspective from Egypt. We need to see the perspective from heaven. We don't see the perspective from heaven, then we will lose hope. We'll get discouraged. We will uh, get. Uh, we will get depressed. Okay. That's the power of a promise. You need to have a promise, personal. And when you get it, hold on to it and grow up to it. That's why I said, when these things happen in our lives, terrible things in our life. We always examine, is it sin? Because of sin, repent and forsake. Daddy is good. It's always good. Okay? 
is it ignorance repent and learn <laughs> still repent and learn is it because of a promise then stand stand in the pit stand in the marketplace as a slave stand in the prison you will one day stand before the king but if it because of a promise because of righteousness sake stand 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 in these days of evil come stand and you will face enormous pressure but that pressure itself that's why i'm saying the word of god tested him the pressure itself will prove if christ is really in you remember that famous words from second corinthians 13:5 that's the proof the proof of the pudding is in the eating and we've been eating too much and the proof was captured by the camera and my wife asked a question is your tummy showing so today i'm trying to pull it in okay <laughs> no wonder okay that's why i wore something loose and put it out okay examine yourself as to whether you are in the faith test yourself everything is a test of faith do you not know yourself that jesus christ is in you who's in you jesus christ is in you unless indeed you are caught disqualified that is the only proof if the test of everything is is christ because christ always wins christ never loses bible is very clear he takes us in triumph in christ jesus christ christ has never lost a battle never and he cannot lose so if i lose a battle it can be absolutely sure it was me and not christ then god said that's the test just you you're trying to it was your flesh it was your flesh intellectual flesh or carnal flesh or legalistic flesh whatever it is it is your flesh because my son never loses he has never lost is never lost so it is an examination of your faith pressure is an examination of our faith okay and if any vestiges of that colored coat still is sticking to his soul all that was wiped out <clears throat> especially when you are standing in whichever city of egypt on the slave block there is no color coat no hint of pride everything is gone you are stripped down to the minimum and you are examined if you have seen those old movies how they are examined they will examine you everything do you have disease your teeth everything they will examine you and is standing there on the block and he is a novelty it's among all the slaves over there he's the only hebrew so it's a novelty in the slave market we got a hebrew today and there are very few hebrews very few okay later they will say hebrew okay meaning the one who crossed the river that's the meaning of the name hebrew we are all people who cross the river so it's a novelty we got a hebrew and verse 39 back to verse 39 37 39 a uh, 39 verse 1 sorry 39 verse 1 was taken down to egypt and potiphar an officer of the pharaoh captain of guard an egyptian bought him from the ishmaelites who had taken him down details are given potiphar captain of the royal guard meaning any hope of escape is over if you need to escape then egypt has to be defeated 
by another army because you have been taken by the kings. You are not going to escape. Okay? So, that door is shut. Okay? No rescue, no escape. Yet you have to hold on to your promise that even in this sale, God is in control of every detail of my life. Who sells me, God is in control. Who buys me, God is in control. Potiphar's palace, slave, new, young, Hebrew slave. Language is different, culture is different, everything is different. Okay. And you know what scripture says? He went to work. I like, I like verse 2. It's important. Okay, you have to always read scripture carefully. The Lord was with Joseph and he was a successful man. We would like to put it the other way. He was a successful man and the Lord was with him. That's not how it works. Scripture says the Lord was with him. And he was a successful man. And he was. Three things are written over there. The Lord was with him. He was a successful man. And he was in an Egyptian house. Three realities. Okay. That's what we are all are. Okay. We are Hebrews, people who cross the river, spiritual Hebrews. We are in the world. The question is, is God with us? God is with us. Are we successful spiritually? Primarily looking at spiritually and also in other areas. Okay. And third, we are in the world. But we are not of the world. We pursue success. But that is not the key. The Bible does not say Joseph was a successful man and God was with him. The Bible says God was with him and Joseph was a successful man. That means he understood the new covenant principle. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That's why God was with him. God is with him. With those who seek him. God is with those. Those who put him first. Okay, so even in a completely different environment like John in Patmos, Joseph in Egypt, he puts God first and God is with him. He said, if you seek me first, all these things shall be added unto you. So if God is with you, then it doesn't matter where you are and who your master is, even if your master is an Egyptian. And that's why verse 3, when it follows, it says, and his master saw the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all he did to prosper in his hand. Now, if you think if it, it just happened like that, you are kidding. <laughs> okay, just one line. Okay, that one line encompasses a lot of time. Okay, imagine like this. Imagine this as a huge lawn. Lawn. Okay. This lawn is divided into 20 parts. This small part, 20th small little block, is given to Joseph. One week, one month, two months, they are seeing there's a difference in the way he works, how he works, and his patch. 
it is different. It is different. Okay? And that's why he went up. It is not that he became a slave today and tomorrow he became the boss. His work is his testimony. They don't know his God. Everybody, different cultures, people have been brought with different people from with different gods. But they look at his patch and saw the way his patch was changing and the way he was actually cheerfully working as a slave. The person he was, his righteousness, his integrity, his joy and his work when they saw it. This patch is greener. This patch is thicker. This patch is producing more than, and that guy is also different. And this man said, you know what? His God is with him. Everybody has their gods. His God is with him. You know, and that's where we struggle. We want everything, work also to be a gift. Work is not a gift. It is hard work. It is hard work. God did not make any excuses even for his own son. Okay? The employee's work is notice. This guy is a different kind of employee. Why would the Lord make all that was in his hand prosper unless it was done in the Lord's way and unto the Lord's glory? Why would he want prospered? Ephesians chapter 6 verse 5 to 8. Bond servants, be obedient to those who are your masters, according to the flesh, with fear and trembling. If you look, apply it to Joseph. His immediate boss had no issues with Joseph. Not a wrong word, not a wrong attitude, nothing. Cheerfully doing it. Okay. Now many, many, many millions of Josephs have come after the real Joseph, down to this age, when Believers were put into terrible, terrible, terrible prisons. They volunteered to do stuff which nobody would do. And they made their patch a cheerful place. And the others got saved. And the prison wardens noticed these people are different. These people are different. Not with eye service, as men pleasers, but as bond servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. Not with goodwill to with goodwill doing service as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that whatever good anyone does, he will receive the same from the Lord, whether he's a slave or free. He was looking forward. And he worked. He worked. If you come to Colossians, okay, chapter three and verses twenty two to twenty four. Same thing, repeated again twice. Bond servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh. Who is his master? According to the flesh. Not with eye service as men pleasers, but in sincerity of heart, fearing God. And whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men. Knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance for you serve the Lord Christ. You know the first one in the Bible who practiced it was his father Jacob under Laban. You heard about that in one of those Wednesday messages, how his father worked. You see, the father's work ethics, he passed on to this son. He learned everything. 
there are so many things about work ethics which you have to remember the way you do it the righteousness the integrity the time the discipline everything and it is it's part of you this it should after some time it automatically comes to you so what he did in his father's house another job is what he is doing over here okay now uh, the thing is that okay Pastor Vijay went through research, did a PhD. I also went through the same particular thing. I didn't finish my doctorate because of some other theoretical issues with ideology, which I didn't want to deny my God. But if you look at that, that work ethics which we got is what we are putting into it. And that is what we will take it up there too. So when we tell our children, we are not telling them, come first in the class. We are telling, learn this work ethics, because if you learn it, it doesn't matter. One day you are in your father's house, you are an honest person, zealous for God. Your father is your master, zealous for him, and you're working in this path. Tomorrow you are a slave sold on the block. You know your master. You are zealous exactly, because at the top you see only one master. And then you are thrown into the prison. Exactly the same work culture comes out. What is inside is coming out. Then one day when you go up, that will also will come out. So that is the whole point. You are looking at Joseph. He's got a work culture. And it doesn't matter who his master was. Whether it was his father or Potiphar, prison warden or Pharaoh. Four masters here. The man was the same everywhere. The same everywhere. And these are fundamental to the thing that God was with him. It is fundamental. We want God to be with us. But God says, can I be with you? Because my name is at stake. It's not your name. It's not your name. My name is at stake. Then you will see there is a shift. If you go to verse 5, now he's made overseer. So it was from the time that he had made him overseer of his house and all that he had, the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. The blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in the house and in the field. So what happened when he was made overseer? The, the, the master saw this patch is looking so good, so put him in charge of two patches. Then put him in. Finally said, you take the whole lot. Okay. What is happening is, God is doing this something very, very deliberately. You know, what is he doing? He is deliberately, because he has a purpose behind everything. Because he is training this young man for a greater purpose. He blessed the work, he blessed the work, the blessed the work, the blessed, and the master is getting blessed and blessed in the house and outside his granaries are full. He's becoming a very rich man in, uh, in Egypt. Because of Joseph. And then what does he do? Verse 66. Thus he left all that he had in Joseph's hand. And he did not know what he had except for the bread which he ate. That was the reason God did it. He did it so well. He said, okay, fine. You are in complete charge. I am not going to even come and check anymore. And God was going to test Joseph. Can you work when you are not observed? Work out your, I know you obey in my presence. Will you obey in my absence? Much more in my absence. Much more in my absence. These are all tests. We have to pass these tests. We don't pass these tests. 
How can we reign? Because reigning, you're going to reign over people, you're going to reign over angels, you're going to reign with God's power and name and authority. God says, can I handle? Can you handle it? Can you really handle it? Okay, so we learn from Joseph what God is teaching us through all these things. And Lord, that's what we teach our children. What we teach our children is not marks. And not even so much about knowledge. Secular knowledge ultimately is irrelevant. What we teach them is work ethics. Work ethics. Learn, learn to do it until it becomes part of your character. That it, 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 it's, it may look strange to somebody, but it's not strange to you. It's become like every morning. Now I've been here for how many days? 14 days? 15, 16 days? The same thing which I used to do after I came here. First thing, get up, switch off the outside light. And then what? Sweep the front room. And then get up, make your coffee, do what you have to do. And after that, put the headphones, what I have done, swept and swapped the whole house. Now you don't even think about it as, it's part of you. It's part of you. It's part of you. You have a structure in your life. Did I do it here? Yes. Did I do it in my other houses? Yes. Did I do it when I was with the underground church? Yes. Did I do it when I was a bachelor? Yes. Did I do it when I was married? Yes. Did I do it when the children were at home? Yes. Do I do it now when there is no children in the house? Yes, nothing has changed. Because it has become part of you by practice. And God says a lot of things which is connected in the kingdom of God should become. We shouldn't even call it, English uses the term second nature. No, it should be our nature. It should be our nature. You know, And that is the nature of Jesus Christ, you know. Uh, rich man comes and says, my servant is well. He says, I will come. Romans injured, I will come. What does that mean? His nature itself is a nature that simply gives. Simply gives. Poor woman, I am there. Rich man, I am there. He doesn't even think twice. It has become his nature that he is a giver. So you know how he was for 30 years in his house. Okay. This has to become our nature. And that's the character of God. Are you a giver? Because God is a giver. That's why Paul will say it's more blessed to give than to receive. People take it and make it into money alone. God is not talking about money. He's talking about life. And Paul will say at the end of his life, he says, my entire life has been poured out as a drink offering. Only little is left now. I'm pouring out my last drops of my life on the altar to God in the service of man has become his Christ's life has become his life so will he be reigning boy he'll be somebody really really <laughs> probably a couple of milky ways he will get okay so in five you will see he's become an overseer Please remember this very, very carefully. Please remember this. God is three, three times this is mentioned. He left everything into Joseph's hands. He did not know anything except for the bread which he ate. Verse 23 and 41, 40. Verse 23. The keeper of the prison did not look into anything that was under Joseph's authority. See, two bosses can't be doing this unless that is real with this guy. And then if you go to 4140. 
you shall be over my house and all my people shall be ruled according to your word only in regard to the throne will i be greater than you did you see three verses did the same thing with him meaning you have proved you're a man of integrity you can be trusted you will never do anything that harms your boss that is jesus he will never do that will harm his father while lucifer did there are two sets of people sons of disobedience and sons of obedience this fellow also was big one day but he went against his boss his head that was god jesus said i will come under my father i will you will be my head and i will see that you receive glory and you can trust me to the t i will never ever do that will ever cause disruption in the kingdom and that's what god is looking for because at the end matthew 25 verse 35 at the end what should we hear oh 25 35 did i get it well done my good and faithful servant i think i got it wrong which one was that mm 45 no no not 44 45 no 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 we are getting it uh 23 no 25 23 or 21 or 23 either of them okay yeah his lord said to him well done good and faithful servant okay what did he say yeah yeah you went to somewhere else first thing he said is what did he say first thing meaning the work was done well just not a sloppy job okay the work was done well just not a sloppy job well done second it was good it was righteous it was a work not only if you look at it is excellently done second the way it was done was good it was righteous and third in the whole process you are faithful to god to the spirit of god and to the word of god and fourth you always knew who you were just a servant at the end of it he says i'm an unworthy servant four things okay that's joseph now i will ask the parents let the children go and do their homework Okay, we are getting into stuff which children don't need to be there at all all the little ones bye bye grandpa loves you but go color your notebooks let me get with the parents 39 verse 6d now joseph was handsome in form and appearance and it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast longing eyes on joseph and she said lie with me see the devil tries all kinds of attacks okay all kinds of different attacks he will try he's a handsome young man and the mistress 
is casting eyes at him. She has passed the test of work. Now the next text is beginning. It's not that it is in that order. The devil knows. The devil knows. Okay. He is in Egypt. We are in the world. He has to now win over the seducing spirits of Egypt. Mrs. Fortifer is only a tool. It's only a tool. The real enemy behind Mrs. Fortifer is the devil. The devil is after his destiny. Okay? Egypt is controlled by the demonic. The world is controlled by the demonic. And Joseph is under attack. Look at that very clearly. His master's wife cast longing eyes on Joseph and she said, lie with me. Now look at the two patterns just before that in that same generation. Genesis 35, 22. Genesis 38, 15 and 16. Genesis 35, 22. And it happened when Israel went in that land, Reuben went and lay with Bilhah, his father's concubine. Who is the one who is going? Reuben. Okay? It's Reuben who is going. If you come to 38 verse 15 and 16, when Judah saw her, he thought she was a harlot because she had covered her face. He turned to her by the way and said, please let me come into you. Who is the one who is going? Judah. But when it comes to Joseph, it's an attack. It's an attack. It's she who comes to him. It's an attack after his destiny. Okay? It may look like lust, seduction, but actually these are all tactics of the enemy. You always have to remember on this narrow path the enemy will try to bring diversions. And diversions, evil diversions. Not normal diversions, evil diversions for people of destiny can cause havoc. Simply because the devil knows prophecy very well. In Genesis 3.15, the first prophecy in the Bible is, You shall bite his heel and he shall crush. You shall bruise your head, he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. That's the first prophecy. So he knows it is the seed of the woman. Seed of the woman. That is why Genesis 4 itself, conflict begins. Two seed is there, Cain and Abel. He messes it up. He messes it up. So he knows it's not going to come from there. By the time you are into the 10th generation, he has so completely encompassed the entire humanity there is only three men left, Noah and his three sons. The three sons are left. So everybody is dispersed and they get into a boat and they come out and he jumps on one son and uses him to scoff his father, thinking that these two will also join. If the three join, three are gone. Instead, two of them back backwards, so two are left. By the time it comes down a few times, he knows it is Abraham. He Messes Abraham up, bringing Hagar into the picture. So now we have Ishmael and Isaac over there. 
and then over there he creates trouble with Esau and Jacob. But he's listening to all the prophecies. He, he realizes it is not Ishmael, it is Isaac. Then he hears it is not Esau, it is Jacob. And Jacob then is looking at all the sons and one by one by one by he's messing them all up. And then in 37 he sees these two dreams, the boy. So he thinks it is from Joseph. No, he thinks it is from Joseph. So if it is from Joseph, then Joseph has to be brought down. He's trying to look, got the brothers to sell him, thinking that this fellow will turn angry, miserable, discouraged, depressed, not happening. Maybe he will mess up in his work. It's not happening. Now he's a young man, teenage, young man, hot blood. Let's try the next attack. Okay. Like I said, a single evil diversion of a man appointed by God can bring great damage. Remember Jonah? Because he diverted. It was an evil diversion. Okay, no? An entire ship lost all their cargo. These fellow is sleeping to escape. They are throwing the cargo. Then finally they start with their gods and draw lots and find it is him. Okay. If he hadn't, if he had died, the Nineveh is also gone. How many people would have been lost because one man Went on an evil trip. Okay, so the devil will try all these things. So in First Timothy chapter four and verse one, it says, "In the last days, yeah, Timothy four one, the Spirit expressly says, in the latter time, some will depart from the faith, giving you to what? Deceiving, seducing spirits is the word actually used. Seducing spirits, spirits that will seduce you." Either take your mind away or take your body away. Seducing spirits. And they pick their candidates according to their weakness. Like God, though they are not like God, because they are in the second realm. Okay, because they are in the second realm. They can see everything that happens in our lives. Okay. They see everything that's happening in our lives. It's not hidden from them. Unless God hides them because we are under the blood and the spirit blinds them, they can see everything. So they know every man's, woman, child's weaknesses. They know. So they will target each person according to their weakness. Whether it is food, whether it is sex, whether it is anger, whether it is depression, whether it is laziness, whether it is sleep, all these 101 things of the flesh, he knows where each one has invested. They know each one has invested. So they will try the tax like this. Okay. So first there is the spirit of seduction. The second is stage is the spirit of what Paul tells the Galatian church. The spirit of Bewitchment. Seduction is one. Bewitchment. A bewitched person is one who blindly clings to sin despite the warning. Because they are blinded. Who has bewitched you? Not who has seduced you. Okay. It's not who has bewitched you. It's seduced you. Who has bewitched you? Seduction is, I will tell you what seduction is. Seduction is a man or a woman 
who seduced by somebody to have an affair in the term of sex. Okay? Bewitchment is when he or she leaves her family, breaks that family and goes with him. By then, bewitchment has taken place. Okay? Seduction is when you love food. Bewitchment is when you are willing to bless the wrong son for it. Okay? Seduction and bewitchment. You are new to these are different levels of demonic control. So we need to remember that we are living, and the problem is in every realm, seduction is taking place, bewitchment is taking place. Either people are going into the realm of carnality and bewitchment is taking place that they are not even able to see what is happening. Legalism has got in, people are going under the law from seduction because the law is very seducive. Because why? Your flesh is in control. Flesh, flesh gets glory from the law. That's why the Pharisees and all will come big, big, big droppings and they will have these things. They won't look at a woman and everybody says, so he's a holy man, he's a holy man. Flesh gets a lot of credit for these outward looks of holiness. The flesh likes the law. It hates the truth. It hates that because the flesh gets no glory if you're going to walk in spirit and truth. It gets no glory. So flesh likes the law and the flesh likes carnality. The word Pastor Vijay used in the morning, what was it? Carnality or two words he used. You know, it will either take you to this side or ah, legalism or license. The flesh likes both. But the flesh hates his being led by the spirit, by the truth, because then he has no, the spirit, demonic realm has no control over your flesh. The flesh hates it. The demonic hates it. Okay, so remember we are living in the age prophesied in the Bible where the demonic active will be, will be the greatest, the greatest ever. Because all hell is being set loose. You will see there are, there are places, you have to read in the Bible carefully, there are places, different, different places where demonic realms, they have been locked up under Euphrates and all different. They are all going to be loosened in the last days. Not only that, Satan himself will be allowed to come personally and give his power to one man. So we are living in those last days where the demonic will be like unbelievable. Noah's days demonic is a different demonic. Our days demonic will be, that is nothing compared to what will be in our days. Okay, because let us say Noah's time, the number of people are 50 million. You are talking about 7 billion. And this is the end. Satan knows this is the end. And he knows his end. So he says, it's come with great wrath. So the demonic that is going to be, is being released and that is happening is unbelievable. Unless you believe it. <laughs> and people are blinded. <laughs> Isaiah 19 and verse 14. Isaiah 19 and verse 14. The Lord has mingled a perverse spirit in her midst and they have caused Egypt to err in all her work. What has he done with the world? That is Egypt, the world. He has mingled a perverse spirit. That's the spirit of the world. With that he has mingled a perverse spirit. And people are all staggering. Like drunk in the spiritual realm. Absolutely no clue what is happening. Okay. And right now what you are seeing is the spirit of fear and death. Every nation, unless you find out and search and Holy Spirit shows, you will not know. Different nations have different spirits. 
controlling them. Principalities are not the same. So there will be a reigning nature of what is controlling that spirit. Like if you look at United States, USA, you'll always notice when people go over there, everybody becomes rebels. Everybody knows goes up. Now they are all independent. Why is that so? The most law-abiding, not law-abiding, the most humble, meek, Christian goes over there, suddenly they change. It's because of the nature of the spirit of that nation. Because that nation was born of rebellion. They rebelled and fought against their monarch. They did not wait for God. Mexico is all voodoo and occult. Every nation has their own demonic realm which will be controlled. So you will see the Mexico, it's drug cartels and sex and violence and killing all the time. While across the border, you don't see that much over here. It is completely different. An entire generation that is saying that, don't tell me what to do. Don't tell me what to do. So every nation has its own demonic entities and that, that will color that nation. Okay, and God has mixed its spirit. When he mixes this perverse, allows this perverse spirit, you will see right now what is the spirit that is over the world is a spirit of fear of death. Fear and death is hovering over the whole world. Okay, and even in that, the young people, if you look in US, are not willing to go inside. I don't care. Nothing will happen to me. Government has to get tough to get them in. No. So when this spirit comes in, what happens? Perverseness starts permeating into the society. And these spirits are not going to go away easily. If you go to verse 39, and if you go to the next verse, <coughs> verse 10, yeah, yeah, we will leave his answer, okay? So it was, she spoke to Joseph day by day that he did not heed to her, to lie. Every day. It's a constant attack. Const day by day on your senses. It is constant. Constant. It doesn't go away. It's a constant attack. And verse 11 and 12. It happened about this time when Joseph went into the house to do his work and none of the men of the house was inside. She caught him by his garment and saying, lie with me. But he left his garment in his hand and fled and ran outside. No, it happened. Okay, what was that? She was waiting for an opportune time. She was waiting. Okay. She was waiting for that time. And Luke 4 and verse 13 says, yeah. When the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time came. Okay, he tempted him and tempted him and tempted him and left him. And he was waiting for an opportune time. In Jesus' case, it never came. It never came. Okay. But she was also waiting, tempting him every day, waiting for an opportune time. So understand how these spirits work. And Joseph is the target. And this attack is greater than the pit. Okay? It's bigger and greater than the attack of being thrown into the pit. 
the devil wants to take you out when you are young so that you are not a threat to his kingdom and many people who are old and purposeless sitting in their homes are because they were compromised one by one when they were young they were compromised i'm not saying necessarily with sex but in so many other ways they were compromised the minds were taken over and many doctrines which are the doctrines of the devils can mean connected with the world have got in now they are compromised what do they do sit there in the rocking chair read retire nothing is a purposeless life they have no prophetic life in them at all because they were compromised when they were young the devil will always try to catch you young and god will also try to catch you young remember there are only two ways in jeremiah 21 and verse 8 jeremiah tells it very clearly only two ways now you shall say to this people thus says the lord behold i said before you the way of life and the way of death okay there are only two ways and he always is asking the young choose the way of life early choose the way of life early don't wait the longer you wait you're on the road to death don't die before your time do you notice something about all the miracles too in the old testament and in jesus life one in paul and one in peter the raising of the dead elijah is the first one who raises up the dead right then elisha then jesus lazarus the last one jairus daughter widow of uh, nine then uh, jairus da- um, sorry lazarus then paul is eutychus and peter tabitha all of them were young all of them were young he was trying to tell everything you know they all died young and i have to raise them back from the dead because the devil is after you when you are young when you are old he lives you alone because he knows you 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 have already been compromised you've been already been compromised you can live but when you are young he's after you even today all who are dying spiritually they are dying spiritually young 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 the seducing spirits have taken their minds their bodies away with drugs with porn with sex with what movies their minds have been taken over their bodies have been taken over the young there's only one place safe this in Christ Jesus so as you hear god is there and he shut everybody down for a time and a season like this just repent come back and hide in him but please remember the spirit of the antichrist is rampant and as the time is coming to an end okay now christos is christ in english christos is greek and what is the corresponding word in uh, hebrew for christ messiah so see the problem is uh, when we look at antichrist it is already become a name for us we don't think deeply 
call him anti-Messiah. So what is his purpose? His purpose is always to see that you are not saved. What is Christ? The one who saves. What is the Antichrist? Trying everything possible to see that you don't get saved. And you don't get keep on. If you are saved, you don't keep continuously being saved. Anti-Messiah. Anti-salvation. That is his work. What is Christ's works? He is able to save to the uttermost those who come to him. And what is the devil's work? To see that nobody is saved. And if they are saved, they don't get saved further. It's constantly, and if you don't see it, and it's very difficult to talk to people who didn't understand this young, just saved, this thing, that this is the way, because they are bewitched. Their eyes are blinded to what actually salvation can be as you progress. How you hear clearer and clearer, see better and better and better and better and better and better and better. So you look at the older people and all, who are in Christ, but all their forwards are outer courts. Outer courts forwards. I mean, social media, what they speak, what they send. At least what they send, you know, that's what they read and what they hear. They are not able to give you anything from the holy place or the most holy place because they were compromised. They were compromised. And if a young one picks up something from the holy place, the most holy place sends it, they don't understand it either. Okay, So you have to be very, we are all growing old, so we have to be very, very careful. The time is here. Hmm? And there is darkness, so make use of the time. Redeem the time. For the days are learned from scriptures. When the plagues came upon Egypt, it was an opportunity for Israel. The whole purpose of the plagues over Egypt was for the deliverance of Israel. So if there is a pandemic over the entire world, you have to see it as an opportunity for the deliverance of the church from the seducing and bewitching spirits. God has shut everybody down, but he says, my purpose for them and you are completely different. For you is come out. Come out. This is the time of your deliverance. Reason. John 12 verse 35. John 12 35. And Jesus said to them, A little while longer light is with you. Walk while you have light. We have light only for a little while darkness is going to come. Darkness is here, almost here. We got a window of light only for a little time. And we don't make use of this time to progress in the light, the darkness will overtake us. Darkness will overtake us. And he who walks in darkness does not know where he is going. Okay? So God is showing us everything. Things are like at the like we have to keep on saying never in our lifetime or any lifetime has anybody seen anything like that. But after that, that also becomes the normal. That's a problem of the physical senses unless we see what God is. Okay? We always only see the works of the flesh. But we do not see the works of the spirits that empower the flesh. We don't see that. And if you don't see that, 
And we don't deal with that. If we don't deal with realm two, they will quietly take it us away into darkness. So deal with it before it is too late. You know? Kuti left her chair here. Saul was sitting there with jealousy. He should have dealt with jealousy, right? How easy it is to deal with jealousy, right? He didn't deal with jealousy. It became hatred. It became murder. It became occult. It ended up with his death. You know, should have dealt it then. He didn't realize the spirits that were operating upon him. Rebellion, when he did not, it, it was not, it didn't start with jealousy. It didn't, it started with rebellion when he didn't obey the word of the Lord and justified himself. That's when he said it's a rebellion is the spirit of witchcraft. Do you think the Philistines were doing nothing? They were doing their witchcraft. The spirits were still the same. They all do witchcraft. And they were doing witchcraft to their gods. And this fellow, they said we cannot defeat him. The Amalekites, we cannot defeat him. The, the, the demonic, okay? They are saying we want victory, we want victory, victory. The demonic is saying, okay, we cannot defeat because God is with him. Let us see that he does not obey fully. That's all. Seducing spirit. Okay? And the problem is when a fellow is supposed to get 100% and he doesn't work, he's happy with 90. He's happy with 90. So he leaves the top 10 out. And he doesn't realize he has allowed the demonic to enter into that realm. And after that, he's on the way down. And he doesn't deal with it. When the prophet comes and he should have said, have mercy, have mercy, Lord, I have sinned against you. I should have done it. Bring it and cut them all that. No. The prophet has to go with him and do the work. But then it is too late. And then he goes further, further, further down. So please remember, the problem is not just the sins of the flesh. It's not that. The problem is after the sins of the flesh, it is covered with pride. Once it is covered with pride, pride is almost like an invincible armor. <laughs> okay, you can cut through any other sin of the flesh. You can cut through deceit. You can cut through lust. You can cut through murder. You can cut through all that. But when you covered this with pride, it is not possible. Deceit, lust, murder, no pride. Cut through it all, David. No pride. Delivered him. Saul, pride. Monument for himself. I have obeyed the Lord. Don't let anybody know. Stand by me. As long as I appear spiritual, it's fine. Let people think I am spiritual. He said, okay, I'll come with you. After today, you'll never see my face again. Danger. Okay? Danger. So Mrs. Potiphar is not the issue. The issue is the seducing spirit over there. That's the issue. And it is after Joseph's destiny. So we look at it. We deal with it. That's why... Joseph understands it. He resists it. He, you will never see him dealing with Mrs. Potiphar or anybody. He understands this. It's, it's got nothing to do with her. She's just a tool in the enemy's hand. I deal with him and leave her alone. He dealt with it. In the process, I go to jail. It is okay. 
But this is God. We do not fight. See, Joseph is a man who teaches us spiritual lessons of the New Testament. We do not fight flesh and blood. We don't fight flesh and blood. Okay. So this plague is happening. And when this plague is all happening, all these things happening, we learn from the kingdom of God, from the word of God. Exodus chapter 11, verses 4 to 7. The final plague, no? The death of the firstborn. 11, 4 to 7. Got it? And Moses said, Thus says the Lord, About midnight I will go out into the midst of Egypt, and all the firstborn in the land of Egypt shall die. From the firstborn of the Pharaoh who sits on his throne, even to the firstborn of the female servant who is behind the handmill, and all the firstborn of the animals. Then there shall be a great cry throughout all the land of Egypt, such as it was not like it before, nor shall it be like again. And then verse 7, something strange is said. But against none of the children of Israel shall a dog move its tongue, against man or beast, that you may know the Lord does make a difference between the Egyptians and Israel. Strange interjection is over there. Okay, and every verse in the Bible is put there because it is leads to our freedom and edification. It's the truth that sets us free. Egyptians worshipped every demon. To them, they were gods, of course. So the picture here is Pharaoh is Satan. Egypt is the world. And Satan has trapped millions into captivity. And blinded them. And they are all on the road to death. Have you always noticed when a death takes place, dogs howl? It's a very distinct superstition. When dog howls, somebody has died. This is not superstition. This has been there from those days. Those days. And God is saying that all the dogs in Egypt will howl. Because their firstborn is dying. But not a dog here will raise its tongue. Not a dog here. Because some of these animals can sense these spirits. Okay, so Like when the demons got into the pigs, the pigs knew. And now I think they uh, running out of pigs, so they are all getting into the dogs. Mm-hmm. No dog shall move its tongue. Okay, So we have to look at it. Everything in the Bible has its own spiritual counterparts. So you also have to pray, every dog shall be silent and leave the camp of God. Deuteronomy 23 and verse 18. Deuteronomy 23 and verse 18. You shall not bring the wages of a harlot or the price of a dog to the house of God. Your God for any vowed offering for both of these an abomination to the Lord your God. Now that's why I didn't want children listening to any of these things. Okay, so you have to understand when the Bible uses a term like dog, it has spiritual ramifications. So what do they represent? So God is saying, you shall not bring the wages of a harlot. Harlot, everybody knows, prostitute, or the price of a dog. It's a male prostitute. The dog represents sexual perversion. Okay? The spirit of sexual 
perversion is the spirit of the dog. And all these pagan nations are being destroyed because of these practices. It's all part of occult. It's all part of occult. You have to invoke the demons and all. You have child sacrifice and you have orgies and demonic activities, sodomy. Everything has to take place. Then only the demons will give you power. And God is telling, I'm taking you out, I'm cleaning you out, I'm taking you into land, finish them off, let it be a clean place, and let not anybody have any of these practices in the land I'm taking you. The price of a harlot, the price of a dog. Male prostitute or female prostitute. Okay. And homosexuality, lesbianism, all this, is a spirit of the dog. Generally, in the spirit world, the dog spirit is the spirit of perversion. In Psalm 22 and verse 16, 22 and verse 16, For dogs have surrounded me. The congregation of the wicked has enclosed me. They pierce my hands and my feet. Very strange. This is actually talking about Jesus Christ. But talking about all the surrounding ones, the other practices of theirs is being revealed here. These are dogs. These are dogs. These are dogs. They have something hidden in their lives which they don't want to change. And his messages was always piercing and cutting them. Twenty-two, twenty, verse twenty. Deliver me from the sword, my precious life, from the power of the dog. Sword, and the power of the dog. Let me ask you this: Which group, especially in the Western world, okay, that's where Christianity is so-called freedom. Which group attacks? Original conservative Christianity the most. The homosexual lobby. You know, Samaritan person is having a hospital out there in this thing, and you know they came because now how do mainline news this thing? They don't talk about Franklin Graham as being Billy Graham's son on this thing. They say anti-gay evangelist hospital. They came with the jumped over to stop it, saying that we don't want them taking care of coronavirus patients because they are anti-gay. The most violent opposition who faces the homosexual, lesbian, transgender, abortion lobby. They're all they are all connected. They are all part of the same thing. The abortion lobby. Why is the abortion lobby so big? While you can always have 99.99 percentage of safety in sex, they want abortion to be made legal because of that 0.1%. It's, it's one gang. It's one spectrum. The rainbow is one spectrum. Okay, And they are very, very violent with authentic Christianity. And what happens is dogs surround and one by one by one by one by one denominations are buckled under the pressure. The real one says, deliver me from the sword and my precious life from the power of the dog. But how many denominations have crumbled under it? And the spirit of the dog has taken over the entire world. What is the spirit of the dog? It is pleasure. 
it is pleasure. All these denominations, once upon a time, knew the truth. Go to Second Peter chapter two, verses twenty to twenty-two. Second Peter chapter two, verses twenty to twenty-two. Okay. For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and overcome, the latter end is worse for them than the beginning. For it would have been better for them not to have known the day of way of righteousness than having known it to turn from the holy command delivered to them. For it has happened to them according to the true proverb, a dog returns to its own vomit. All of them had only held all these doctrines of purity. They have gone back to their vomit from where they were saved. That's why Ephesians will all talk about how the Gentiles walked in the lust of their flesh and all, all these things where they're part of the Gentiles. See, now we have become very secular law and it's the influence of Christianity upon the world for a season. The influence was very strong. And then as it started moving in, and then everything starting on. But you know what? The earlier world was never like that. We don't know. We don't even understand the culture of the Roman, the Greek world, where all this was permissible. Egypt, all this was permissible. That's why you talk about as soon as Moses went up, they immediately reverted to Egyptian culture. They wanted worship in Egyptian culture. This God, uh, they realize, is not like the Egyptian gods. So this was the culture everywhere and it is from there. This is the culture of the dog. The ruling spirit is a perverse spirit everywhere. Okay. And now it is so that they are so hostile. You can't even talk about them. All the mainline media actually is with them and against us. But we are not against them. We are against their practices telling them this is ultimately where you will end up if you don't change. So this perverseness and pleasure has taken over. Ezekiel chapter 16, verses 49 and 50. We know that, 49. This is the sin of your sister Sodom. Okay, remember? This was the iniquity of your sister Sodom. She and her daughter had pride, fullness of, full, great pride. So you can be, the problem is that pride is put there. Once pride is at the top, you cannot be corrected. You cannot be changed. You are set. You will not listen to anybody. Fullness of food is okay, but pride is there at the top. Abundance of idleness. Neither did she strengthen the hand of the poor and the needy. And they were haughty and com committed abomination before me. Okay. These things. And then what did they do? It was an abomination. Prosperity led them into unrestricted perversion. The spirit of the dog took over. And this is serious. And if you look at Genesis chapter 19 and verse 9, you will see what happens. Genesis chapter 9, verse 9. They said, stand back. Who are they telling it to? Lot. They had come there and says, bring those two men. It's because it means any new man who comes over, they need them. Two new men has come over there. Bring them. This man is came in to stay here and he keeps acting as a judge. Now we will deal worse with you than with them. So they pressed hard against and mad lot and came near to break down the door. Be very, very remember when sexual perversion, homosexual, these lobbies, sexual, that lobby becomes violent. And it, now they are getting becoming violent. God has two things. 
verse 11. They struck the men who were at the doorway of the house with blindness. He blinds the people. Not physical blindness. He blinds them spiritually. That they became weary looking for the door. You will not find the door to get out. The door is shut for you. It strikes you with blindness. And verse 13, he will have this message for the church. What is that? We will destroy this place because the outcry of them has grown great before the face of the Lord. The Lord has sent us to destroy it. Get out. So when these things are happening, the church is being prepared to get out. Destruction is very, 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 very close. Very, 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 very close. Okay, so you look at all these pictures because the spirit of the dog or the power spirit is in full flow. Yet God's promise to his children is that no dog shall move its tongue. And also take heed. Revelation 22 verse 15. All lost souls are called dogs. Outside are dogs. First is mentioned dogs. Meaning a whole large group of people who end up in hell will end up because of sexual perversion, blinded them and they could never come out. Next are sorcery. Okay, these dogs, this perversion, sexually moral in the normal way and perverse way. There are two two groups. Man lying with a woman, the man lying with a man, and the man lying, woman lying with a woman. So that is the dogs. Okay, are you getting it? There are two kinds of sexual immorality. One is the normal way, and the other is the abnormal way. First is the abnormal. Because the enemy perverts everything that of God. Okay. So pray seriously. Be very, very serious about it. In Psalm 22, and Sammy, I will need a, a microphone, okay? Later when I pray, I need an extra cordless microphone. Yeah. Psalm 22:19. Got it? But you, O Lord, do not be far from me. My strength hasten to help me. Okay, the psalmist is crying. We also cry, Lord, the spirit is taking over this whole world. Lord, but you are not far from me. Do not be far from me. My strength hasten to help me. Verse 20. Help me from what? Deliver me from the sword. Deliver me from the sword. My precious life from the power of the dog. And uh, go to the next verse. Yeah. Save me from the lion's mouth and from the horns of the wild oxen. You have answered me. Okay. First save me from the dog. The lion's mouth. Sword is what? Untimely death. What is a dog? The power spirit. The lion's mouth? Pride. The oxen, wild horns of the wild oxen? The violence of the mouth. The violence. Okay. So this man is crying, Lord, save me from untimely death. Shouldn't die. Nobody should die before their time. 
Save me from the perverse spirits. Save me from pride. Save me from the violence of the mouth or hand, whatever it is. Save me, Lord. Save me. You know? Interestingly, tomorrow is Passover. Okay, many thousands of years ago, children of Israel were brought out on a day like that. And no dog moved their tongue. As we come to the end, I want you to turn to Mark chapter 11, verses 21 to 25. 21 to 25. Got it? Peter remembered and said, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. And Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, Be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, Whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. So God has said, he said, whatever is binding you, you can be free. But there is a way. First, repent. Second, forgive. Forgiveness is unforgiveness is a block of God's power coming in in any situation. That's why, you know, Pastor Vijay, in some cases, God will look at him. He probably sees his tears. He knows his heart. He looks at their faith, okay, but he looks at him and says, your sins are forgiven. And forgiveness, okay, so we need forgiveness. We need to forgive. We need to ask forgiveness from God. We need to let go of anything in our heart. Repent. Forgive and believe. Repent, forgive and believe that no spirit, doesn't matter what doors people who are hearing have opened. God is for your liberty, for your freedom. No dog will wag its tongue. No dog, no seducing spirit will hold you. No bewitching spirit can blind you. God can set you free. You have to believe. You have to believe. You have to believe. Now we will pray. We will pray. Can I have the other microphone also? Wherever you are in your houses, in your rooms, wherever you are, I want you to believe. I want you to lay hands upon yourself. But first go through that process. First, what you need to do is repent. Ask God to give us the gift of repentance. Lord, I don't want to be outside the kingdom of God. Outside the kingdom of God, there is only one place, which is the lake of fire. I want to be inside. 
I want to be inside, Lord. These spirits are controlling my mind or my body. I want deliverance, Lord. I want deliverance. So I'll ask Sister Elsa to pray first, and then I will go into prayer. Yes, honey, can you lead us in prayer? Yes, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord, you said, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. And Father, I pray today, my God, Jesus, 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 Oh, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of our understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead, and seated him at the right hand of the heavenly places. And today we come. We come, Lord. We come believing. We come believing, my God. We've heard the word, my God. Oh, Lord, Lord, Lord. Mercy upon us today, Father. Mercy upon us today, my God. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Have mercy. Have mercy upon this world, my God. Mercy upon your believing children, my God. Mercy upon the backsliders, my God. Mercy upon the ones, my God, that once believed and have turned into absolute rebels today, my God. Rebellion is witchcraft. We know that, my God. We have heard that, my God. And today we come, my God. We come. Oh, Lord, we want to worship you in spirit and truth, my God. You are no respecter of persons, my God. Your word says that if any man draws near to me, I will draw near to him, my God. Your <coughs> Lord, scripture also says he will show us things in our lives that defile us. And, Lord, today we pray for the younger generation, my God. Oh, Lord, listening to the word. Oh, Father, I pray, my God, that they will stay away, my God. Years ago, my God, your servant preached to us, stay away from airwaves. Stay away from the TV. Stay away from the Internet. Stay away from FM. Stay away from the radio. Stay away from everything that defiles you. And, Father, he always told us, we don't need that, my God. And today I pray, my God, oh, Jesus, sanctify us by the truth. Thy word is truth, my God. Thy word is truth, my God. Today, Lord, we know Spirit of God, oh Lord, is speaking to us. Today, Lord, the Holy Spirit spoke to each and every one of us. It was not man, my God. It was God that spoke today, Father. And I pray today, Father, grant us that gift of repentance, my God. Godly sorrow, change of heart, change of desire, change of purpose, change of plan, my God. There's nothing hidden from you, my God. Nothing, nothing. Kill pride in us today, Father. Kill pride in us, my God. Kill it today, my God. Anger, frustration, lust of the flesh, my God. Kill it. Let it die. Let it die today, my God. I cry out. And I say, Lord, help us, help us, help us, my God, help us. We need you, my God. Oh, we need you, my God. You are speaking to us today as a church, my God. You are speaking to every one of us in our homes today, my God. And I thank you.
you today for conviction. I thank you for comfort. I thank you there's always hope in you, my God. You are coming. Your coming is near, my God. Oh, Father, all we can say today, my God, mercy, mercy upon us as a church. Mercy upon GDC. Mercy upon us who are hearing right now, my God, help us, help us, help us. You are our help in time of trouble. You are our deliverer. You are our healer. You are our rock. You are our fortress in you. We will always trust. We will trust in you, my God. Oh, Lord, there's hope in you, my God. We look up to the hills today from where comes our help. It comes from you, maker of heaven and earth, my God. And today we believe, we believe, my God, change will come about from within us, my God. We will want change. My God, we will want to serve God. We will not go back like a dog goes back to its vomit. We will not. We will not. The kingdom of God suffered violence and the violence taken by force today. We come against all these powers of darkness operating against our children, our church, my God. We come against the stealers of our children's destiny today, my God. And what we bind on earth will be bound in heaven, my God. And what we lose on earth will be loosed in heaven, my God. Because we know greater, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Oh, Father, we know, we know in whom we believe. We know who has sustained us every second of this of this year, my God. Every day, every minute, every second you've been there, my God. The hand of God has always been over us, my God. Lord, truly, truly, my God, these 18 days, we have not gone through anything, my God. Anything, my God. Every step of the way you have provided. Every step of the way, my God. All we had to do was be on house arrest, stay home, and Lord, you fed us manna every day, every day, every day. Lord, I pray today as a church, my God, we will fight this good fight. We will behold how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell in unity, in harmony, and in love, my God. Teach us, my God, to be there for each other. Teach us to stand in the gap. Teach us to come out of our old ways. Teach us, teach us, teach us how to walk on that straight and narrow path. We just thank you today. We thank you for our pastors. We thank you for the word. We thank you that it will never come back void. It will accomplish what it was sent out to do. Anyone that touches them touches the apple of God's eye. Oh, Lord, touch not my anointed and do my prophets no harm. And, Lord, we come, my God, knowing, my God, that, Lord, you want a humble and a contrite heart. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. You're crushing us, my God. You're putting us through the vine press, my God. Oh, but I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. You love a humble and a contrite heart. We thank you. We just give thanks today, Father. Touch us, my God. Touch us today, Father. Plead the blood over the church, my God. I plead the blood, my God, over Sammy, Peter, my God, Pastor Vijay, Pastor James, Roshan, Raj, Apu. I plead the blood over them, my God. Oh, the blood of Jesus that cleanses that cleanses, that heals, that delivers, that came to set us free. Lord, we believe today, Father. We believe, we believe that we will be a church, my God, that will be that praying church, that will want change, that will fight this good fight, that will intercede, that, oh, Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord. I'm praying, my God, today that you will change us, change our hearts today, Father. Change our hearts, change our hearts. Oh, Lord, oh, 
on you, Lord. You're convicting us. You're piercing the flesh. You're piercing the heart, my God. Oh, Father, when we say thank you, we put on the armor today so we can stand against the wiles of the devil, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, girdle our loins with the truth, our feet shot in the right direction, the sword of the spirit, the shield of faith that you said, pray without ceasing. Teach us to pray that praying church. Be pleased with us today. Be pleased with your shepherds, my God. Oh, Lord, all they want to do is please you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. I pray they will continue to walk in obedience, my God. They will continue to hear from you, my God. Pierce the ears that they will hear, my God. That still small voice that they will teach us, my God. And feed us day in and day out, my God. As a church, we bless them in your name. We bless them in your name, my God. And Lord, we know a thousand may fall at one side, and a thousand may fall at the other, but no harm, no harm will come near us, my God. Because we know in whom we believe. We know, we know God is with us. We know greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Come against every power of darkness today operating against the church. Every power of darkness, my God, trying to bring the church down in the name of Jesus. Come against it. Oh, Father, we thank you. We thank you. Satan was defeated on the cross. He's a defeated foe, my God. And we know we have the power to stomp him under our feet, my God. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We stay under the blood. We stay under the blood. And the devil can't do us no harm. We just thank you. We love you, Jesus. We want to tell you today, we love you. We love you. We love you. My God, we love you. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Father, I take authority in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. And I speak of Father into the life of everyone who is hearing. I speak. I speak, Lord. I speak. I speak freedom. I speak deliverance. Every tree that was planted by the enemy in the lives of your children, dry now from root. I curse it in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Everything that has been planted in the lives of your children, that is not of God, let it die. Every satanic dog will hold its tongue. This is the hour of deliverance for God's people. The blood the blood, the blood of Jesus is over us. The blood, the blood, the blood. Let every child be set free. Whatever is holding them back, whatever spirit is holding them in bondage, I speak release in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Take your hands of God's children. For whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And everybody who's hearing online or will hear online in the days to come, who have come out of the circle and still struggling. I know you have altars which are animal altars. You have dogs and cats and other animals. I command every perverse spirit to leave now in Jesus' name. Every one of you will leave now in Jesus' name. And I command all those animal altars to go down. Go down now to the lower levels. All of you go down. Every one of you will go down and will never come back up again. Every unclean altar will go down and every perverse spirit will leave. The Spirit of God is cleansing you now. It's cleansing you now. 
all rebellious black altars will go down into the dungeons and Lord, close it. Once again, I pray for the new ones, close it. Level one and level two, close it, Lord. Let their guardian ministering angel stand watch over them there, Lord. Let them experience the liberty. For God is bringing them with the power of his mighty hand. His right hand is working out our salvation. And all the pursuers of your destiny will drown in the Red Sea. The Pharaoh and the army will drown in the Red Sea. Every seeing eye will be made blind in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Every watching eye in the second realm will be made blind in Jesus' name. You will not see. The Lord himself will guard them and take them through these days and bring them out to the other side. It's the destiny of your children, Lord. Once again, I commit all the young ones, oh Lord, and the older ones who are struggling. Speak freedom and liberty into their lives. That they will come out and fulfill their destiny like Joseph, Lord. Fulfill their destiny. For our destiny is to reign with you, Lord. Let no one fall short, Father. As young men and women in the spirit, Lord, let them fight the powers of darkness and overcome them, Lord. Let the word of God they hear be living and abide in them, O Lord. Let their strength come from the grace of God. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Every person, every home, I seal it with the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus. And even this death angel and this angel of death and pandemic will pass over our homes and our lives. And every one of you will rejoice in the Lord. Thank you, thank you, Father. Thank you. We praise you, we worship you, we glorify you, Lord. We give you glory, honor, power, and praise. It's yours and yours alone, O oh God. Thank you, Father. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with each one of us. Amen and amen and amen. Continue listening and continue walking in your deliverance.